When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Don't Retire, Graduate, the podcast that teaches you how to advance into retirement rather than retreating. I'm your host and valedictorian, Eric Brotman, and we have a repeat guest today, Jean Chatsky, the CEO of HerMoney.com and host of the podcast, Her Money with Jean Chatsky, the financial editor of NBC Today for 25 years and financial ambassador for AARP. Jean appears frequently on CNN, MSNBC, and was a recurring guest on The Oprah Winfrey Show. She's a New York Times and Wall Street Journal bestselling author. Her latest book is Women With Money, The Judgment-Free Guide to Creating the Joyful, Less Stressed, Purposeful, and Yes, Rich Life You Deserve. Jean, welcome back to Don't Retire, Graduate. Hey, Eric. Thanks so much for having me back. Absolutely. We, you know, it's, it's amazing how much has changed uh, since, uh, since we had you as a guest on season one of our show last, you know, not even a year ago. So much has changed in the financial world and in the planning world and, of course, just in the world in general. Um, I, I guess let's first start with what you've been up to and, and um, let's talk about how you've spent the last year in, in maintaining your mission and your podcast and, and your work. Boy, oh boy. I I think the last year feels very different than the last six months, doesn't it? I think since COVID hit, I have been working from home, continuing to do the Her Money podcast and write content for the Her Money website. Uh, But I've also been really focused on the concept of financial resilience. A lot of my clients reached out and said, okay, what can we do to help people right now? And it's been a combination of offering a psychic boost, a psychological boost, uh, learning that there are still things that we have control over where our finances are concerned, combined with tactical strategies for how do we keep up our incomes and maintain our spending during these difficult and very volatile times. You know, you, you've been a champion of financial literacy and financial education for kids and adults alike for, for many, many years. Um, and certainly that mission uh, hasn't changed. In fact, it's, it's potentially even more important now than ever. Um, in, in terms of the impact that, that COVID's had uh, specifically on finances, it seems like there's an incredible disparity Yes. Um, between those who have been virtually unimpacted or even have benefited in some peculiar way, uh, a la some of the huge tech companies. Um, but sort of if you leave Wall Street out of this and just look at Main Street, there are some families that have been almost unimpacted other than some inconvenience. And there have been others who've been devastated. Uh, you're, you're right. I mean, they're talking now not about a V-shaped recovery, which was what everybody was hoping for early on, or even a W-shaped recovery, but a K-shaped recovery. And, and the K, if you, if you imagine a K, is that some people have prospered and other people are suffering 
tremendously, particularly since the additional $600 in weekly unemployment benefits expired at the end of July and has gone unreplaced. The Atlantic is a very interesting piece that just went up online about the fact that people who are able to maintain their jobs, maintain their incomes, largely telecommute, have money in the markets, are actually saving, in many cases, a huge amount of money. Because when you think about how we live our lives, so many of those traditional expenses are for things like travel and eating out. And we're just not doing that right now. But people who have not been able to hold on to their jobs or who have been furloughed and have lost that safety net that the original CARES Act provided are now feeling the impact of this recession for the very first time. You know, anecdotally, first of all, you're absolutely right. I I have I have had conversations with my wife about how our credit card bills every month are lower than they've been in years. And it's because yeah. we don't spend anything. We don't do anything. <laughs> so, um, you know, we're cooking more. We're spending more time at home. We're not traveling. We're not doing a lot of recreational things. Um, you know, I, I don't know about you, but as a road warrior, I, I had 18 flights canceled and 18 um, or, or nine at least hotel reservations canceled in the last six months. And Essentially, all conferences have stopped. A lot of the spending on those things have stopped. Um, and, you know, audio and video teleconferencing has changed business in some profound ways, too. I really think the K-shaped recovery, which I have not heard it called that, but I think you're absolutely right. There's folks who will thrive as a result of this. If what you do for a living can be done remotely, then you don't have to move to take a job anymore. I know. You know you or can, you, you can, can move. Right. Or, or you can, if right. you are living in a place that is very expensive or that you've never really liked that much, but you've really wanted to live in Colorado or live in, I don't know, some, just somewhere else that that wasn't convenient to your office, you may be able to actually to actually do that. The, the sad and frustrating part about the fact that the travel has dried up and the eating out has dried up and the conferences have dried up is that all of that money that would have been spent is money that would have gone to employing the people on the lower leg of that K. And, And that explains, you know, when people who are fortunate enough like you and me to have continued to have our our jobs and our income don't see reason to spend money then the economy as a whole really really suffers and so do a good number of our neighbors so i I guess that begs the multi-trillion dollar question which is what are we going to do about this Um, You know, tax policy is certainly going to change and it's certainly going to be punitive, I think, to folks at the high end. Um, But how do how do you fix this? How do you fix not only the 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 rampant unemployment, but all the all the lack of safety nets? I mean, folks were already one or two missed paychecks from oblivion and now they're in a hole. How, How what do we do? How do we fix it? It's 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 like a nine headed hydra. Which head do we go for first? 
You know, I mean, I, I don't know that that on the policy side, I'm the right person to ask about that. Um, I do think that we need more um, more in terms of accounts to which people can contribute to easily and automatically over the course of their lifetime. I mean, I would like to see mandatory retirement contributions coming out of every paycheck, not just the paychecks of employers who offer a 401k. Part of what I, my very last trip, actually, um, in March, I was I was last on the road March 10th, I was out um, in the state of Maine, where I had the pleasure of meeting with the governor to talk about a, a bill that was being um, w- would would pass for a work and save program, which would allow smaller employers to automatically put money into an IRA through a paycheck deduction. Um, these programs have been spreading around the country. Oregon has one, Illinois, New York. Um, but they're needed because what we know is that when people have the ability to contribute automatically through paycheck deductions, they are 15 times more likely to actually do it um, because they don't have to think about doing it every single time. I mean, there's a reason that when the, I forget the name, I think it's the Payroll Protection Act. I, I'm, I'm losing my lingo with all of these all of these acronyms floating around. But It was the Payroll uh, Protection Program, the PPP. No, that's not what I'm thinking about. I'm thinking about the, um, the law that was passed about a decade ago that allowed allowed employers to automatically enroll participants. I, I got you. Okay. So so in, so that there's a negative in 401ks. consent. In 401ks. Right, yeah, so there was a negative consent, consent right. instead of a positive consent and what happened was that at companies that had 50% 401k participation, that number jumped to 80% almost overnight. It just, it was a game changer. And automatic escalation, which was part of that as well, was a similar game changer because it started to get people to the level at which they needed to be contributing. And so I'd like to see that for for everything. I mean, part of the reason that we are talking today is to talk about um, HSA Day, which is happening on October 15th this year. Um, it's, it's a day of education about health savings accounts, which are the fastest growing um, kind of health insurance ancillary that we've got going right now, high deductible health plans that come with the ability to open a health savings account. I would like to see this sort of automatic contribution to HSAs be allowed to happen the same way that it was by four, into 401ks. Um, but, but for individuals, the clear message is that if you've got one of these, these HSAs, it can be a wonderful supplemental retirement account. You should absolutely contribute. You should absolutely put your contributions on automatic pilot if you can so that they come out of your paycheck every single time you get paid because the tax benefits are amazing. And if you don't use the money, 
in in the year in which you make the contribution, then it will grow and and become a, a supplemental re- account for your retirement. HSAs are arguably the greatest tax deferral slash savings vehicle ever created. They're one of a handful of ways that you can put money away um, where it's never taxed again. But in this case, you can put it away where it's never taxed again, where you also get a tax deduction. And that's th- that doesn't exist anywhere else in the financial world um, in this way. And I totally agree with you. I would love to see auto enrollments. Um, you know, the challenge is that that um, for, for employers who offer health insurance, a lot of times they either don't offer a high deductible plan or they offer multiple plans, and that then requires a, a proactive enrollment, which to your point on the 401ks, the negative consent piece was great because inertia is powerful. If you mm-hmm. don't have to do anything to enroll, you're more likely to stay enrolled. And in fact, if you have to do something proactively to unenroll, you don't. So it, it's an amazing thing. So how, you know, is there is and and I know you're not on a, on the policy side, but maybe there's a day where a high deductible health plan must be one of the plans offered by any employer or organization offering health plans, so that this becomes maybe even the default option that you have to opt out of to to swap plans. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I think we could see something like that. Particularly, I mean, clear. It's clear that if we have a change in administration, and even if we don't. Um, there will be changes coming down the pike in our in our healthcare system, and and I think it's perfectly logical that they explore solutions um, like like that. We, we know that um, we know that over half of employers now are offering um, HSA qualified plans with HSAs. I mean, that, that's big. And they're doing it because from the employer's perspective, health insurance has gotten so expensive. And this is a more cost-effective solution in many, many cases. But people need to really understand how to use them and how to make the most of them because they're not getting the full power of the vehicle until they understand these things. Well, and, and the real power of the vehicle is to not use it for your co-pays, deductibles, and, and sort of modest things along the way and to let it grow. A lot of people think HSAs have to be held in cash. They confuse them with FSAs or flexible spending mm-hmm. accounts that are use it or lose it. They're not. Um, they don't realize that you can invest your HSA. And so you're essentially dollar cost averaging into whatever uh, equity or bond funds or some combination that you want within your HSA, completely tax deferred. And that withdrawals are for healthcare at some point during your lifetime tax-free. But if you're blessed to be that one in a thousand who has no medical expenses ever, including in your older age, you can still use it like an IRA and make it a retirement uh, vehicle as well. So it is truly the perfect vehicle and people don't understand them. They're really, and I I know your work with HSA Day. I've I've been up to the New York Stock Exchange for the event. I'm sure, I I don't know if that's happening this year. I guess it can't be, but. um, It's happening virtually. It so, is. Okay, so wonderful. it is Tell happening. Yes, it's happening virtually on October 15th. Um, and you'll be able to watch our programming and learn about HSAs just like you did last year, but it'll be streamed. Um, and for more information on that, you can go to lovemyhsa.com. And, and I agree, by the way, with everything you're saying. But I, I do think in this year where we're focused on people who are struggling, 
using your HSA for copays, using your HSA for prescription drugs, using your HSA for whatever you have to use your HSA for, people need to understand that's okay. And just by flowing money through the account, they're saving themselves at least 25% on all of those expenditures. So even if you're thinking, well, I can't afford to keep money in this account this year, that's okay. Put it in, take it out. Just do that because it's like having a 25% off coupon. Absolutely. But there, there's also folks who've been in these plans for the last five or 10 years who accumulated some money. And what people may not realize is there's no limitation on when you can file claims. So if you've been accruing this money for the last three, four, five years, and you have all of your medical receipts, you could in 2020, in a year where you need it, you could file 10, 15, $20,000 worth of claims for the last eight years worth of medical expenses this yep. year and still have them tax-free. So before you take a loan against your 401k or make a, 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 or take a personal loan or use credit cards, if you have an HSA, it is perfect for this type of emergency. You must do it um, in a way that it's reimbursing you for prior health expenses, but it could be health expenses. It's not calendar year based. It's ever, as long as you've never claimed them and you were in the plan during that time. That is such a good point. It's it's another form of a back pocket emergency cushion. We talk about how having a home equity line of credit can be a back pocket emergency cushion, but but this actually could serve the same purpose. And it's a reason that if people do have health savings accounts and you are Look, we all have medical expenses every year. Some years we have more than others. But if you're not pulling the money out of your HSA to pay for those in real time, you want to keep a very organized paper trail. Just put your receipts in a folder, both on your virtual desktop and perhaps in your actual paper filing cabinet. So you've got double copies of all of these things. And when you need to apply for reimbursement, you know, Eric, Eric is so right. You can do it this year. You can do it next year. You can do it in 10 or 20 years. And those will still be, those withdrawals will not be taxed as long as you have the receipts to support it. I I can't think of another place in the financial tax code where you can accrue expenses this year in $2020 and you can reimburse them in 2030 with money that's grown for 10 years tax-free at the 2020 price. I mean, it it really, it it almost feels like a tax accident. Maybe we shouldn't tell anyone about this, but uh, (laughs) you know, know, with inflation, the value of a dollar keeps dropping, but you, you can potentially outpace inflation in your HSA. And if you do, it's almost like arbitrage. I mean, yeah. not to not to be confusing, but you're actually growing the money by more than the value of a dollar is inflating, hopefully. And if that's true, you're then using that to pay bills without any inflation applied to them from years ago. And I, I, maybe I'm confusing folks, but th- but it is. No, it is. I just think I think the key there is you have to turn on the investing function. Right. And only about six percent of people have done that. Is that so, right? Six percent. Yeah. So you have to make sure that you are actively taking the steps that you need to invest the money if you're planning on keeping it there for a while. Otherwise, it's going to sit in cash, and we know what happens to cash. Well, yeah, Oh, absolutely. And, and you can ask your tax advisor, your CPA, your financial advisor. You can ask for help um, with how to do that. 
Um, but making sure that you do it, I, I agree. Six percent is is I expected much higher than that. But but I think it, some of that is confusion around how it works and what it costs and what you have to do. And it's not difficult, but it does require action. No question. I wonder. I wonder if we'll ever see a day where the cash and the investment accounts are, are managed in the same spot so that it's less difficult. Because right now you do have to open a second account functionally. It's the same company, but it is, it's viewed separately online and it's, it's a separate statement. And you know maybe there's a way to make this um, easier by having the cash not in a bank uh, scenario, but in more of a bank sweep in a brokerage scenario. I wonder if that's doable. I don't know. But maybe somebody I, listening will solve that for us. I hope so. I hope lots of people will uh, will will weigh in on that. So let let's shift gears a little bit. Um, you've done a ton of work on um, on gender and finance, and um, you know I, we just we just had we've had guests on this show who've talked about uh, the impact of uh, a single working household or of care for senior parents or of raising children or of all these other various things which disproportionately fall on women and that's not to that's not to be um, you know painting a, a brush like it's 1950 but but that still is kind of the reality um, how has covid and how have the financial k um, uh, recovery how is that impacting women differently than men if at all Oh my gosh, if at all, so differently. I mean, they're calling this a she session. And, and there's a very good reason for that. It, it is impacting women far more greatly than it's impacting men. We just put up a piece at hermoney.com written by one of our uh, wonderful reporters, a woman named Diana Yoakum. And she pulled out eight pieces of information about how the uh, how COVID is having a deeper impact on the finances of women than of men. And I'm not going to give you all eight, but um, when you look, for example, at the percentage of job losses that are attributed to women, it's, it's 54%. I mean, women only make up 49% of the workforce, or at least we did before COVID, but we accounted for far more than half of the jobs lost and and you that's because of the sectors retail education that have gotten hit um, most deeply uh, the unemployment rate for women are higher women across the globe are almost two times more vulnerable to the crisis than than men because of the sorts of jobs that we that we hold um, not all women are able to work from home. According to one one piece of research that we found, 62% of men who are employed are able to work from home. Only 40% of women can do that. And one of the reasons that women are having such a tough time with it is that the amount of housework a day, and that falls disproportionately on women as well, has gone up hugely um, it, from about an hour a day to five hours a day because just just think about one room in your house, right? Just think about the kitchen. And if you maybe grabbed something out the door before you left for work and your kids left for school and then came home and made dinner, that was one cleanup. Now we're like eating all day long, right? Breakfast gets cleaned, lunch gets cleaned, dinner gets cleaned. Before COVID, women spent 37% more time on unpaid housework and care than men. And that 
equals about two hours a day. And the pandemic has just made it much, much worse. And by the way, I could go on. Well, you, one of the things you didn't mention is homeschooling, which, you know, now that now that so many kids are not yet back in school and, and I hope for their sake, for their emotional and, and, and mental well-being, that that's not in any permanent way and that we get past this. But for the time being, these kids are at home. And a lot of times that um, some of that schooling and some of the dealing with their their um, video conferencing and their connections and their IT falls on mom, too. Yeah. Yeah, no question. And for women of color, for black women, for Latinas, it, it's far worse. Um, and and I, I can't even begin to imagine how difficult it is in a single parent household, um, it, disproportionately to a, to a two parent or a two adult household where maybe one is still working traditionally and one is able to, to cover more of the more of the housework and the and the kids and so forth, maybe by necessity right now. You're right about cleaning the kitchen. I think the dishwasher is being run every day now. Instead oh my of gosh, sometimes days. twice. Well, how many dishes are you using? I, <laughs> but no, you're... <laughs> no, it's not, it's not all the... It's not just the dishes that we're using. It's, it's the baking and the, um, and the additional... I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm baking like I haven't baked since I was a teenager, right? Because I have time. I'm home. I, I can I can wait around and let something rise and put it in the oven later. I'm um, I'm using my slow cooker. I'm marinating. It's it's much more. You know, I think I think prior to COVID, when we made dinner, at least even those of us who like to cook, and I like to cook. Much of it was assembly, right? It was it was all about thirty minute meals. And how could we get to the point where we got dinner on the table very, very quickly? And now it is, um, you know, it, it's actual stuff that that's happening, as you can hear in my house. Cause I was going to say, it sounds like someone's cooking right now. <laughs> cooking going on behind me, which is which they are is creating very dishes apropos for to this, you. To this, uh, to this conversation. Oh my God! Well, one thing that COVID has done is it has taken all of the all of the pomp and circumstance out of uh, video meetings or or uh, or attire. I mean, I haven't worn a tie in seven months. Um, yeah. And you know, now we see people. You know, it used to be if if someone's child I- interrupted a, a video teleconference, it was taboo, and now it's Monday. Right. So I, I think in a lot of ways, in a lot of ways, that's good. In fact, my wife told me she saw you on Ryan and Kelly and that you have a beautiful living room. So, oh, well. So there's that because your, now tell you're Tell your home. wife thank you. Yes. Oh, absolutely. She said it's it's large and it's very comfortable looking. So um, so what do you bake? Tell us about that because my daughter's 10. She did a virtual baking camp this summer. And, um, and, and so would that helped us add our COVID-19 also because there were baked goods in the house all the time. Um, what do you bake? What's your What's your specialty? Well, I've had a sourdough starter for about four years now. And usually that means every couple of weeks I bake a big loaf of just a basic sourdough bread, but I've been experimenting. So lately I found this amazing recipe online for a sourdough swirl cinnamon raisin bread. And I've been, oh I've been working on that. It's delicious and we eat far too much of it. So when should we expect the Gene Chatsky cookbook? Is this coming? Are, are these, these recipes <laughs> during this time? Not coming. Not, not coming. Doing I, I, don't, I don't invent recipes. I just Google for other people's brilliant ones online and use those. I see. So you're a Pinterest uh, Google person for that. 
Got it. Yes. So 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 let's you know, we've got a few minutes left. Let's talk about what's next for for you. I mean, naturally, this year uh, we've got a major election coming up. You might have seen mm-hmm. something about that on the news. People have been talking about it, maybe a little. Um, and I definitely don't want to get political. But um, what's next for not so much the country, but for you? What's your next project? What's the next thing you want to tackle, whether it's virtually or whether it's back in the in the world? Well, I'm I'm actually, and I'm sure you can can commiserate i'm looking forward to being around people again um i i like groups i like conferences i like and i don't know how quickly we'll be able to to get back there but i i do hope it's sooner rather than later my team at her money is um producing a lot of content and this year we are launching a financial coaching program as well as um, by the time this podcast launches this it should be up we are launching a um, matchmaking service in in cooperation with a, a company called wealth ramp um, to help women find financial advisors that are right for them that's that's terrific. I, I think it's important for uh, like nonprofits and schools and other entities. A lot of times have an annual theme, um, and my daughter's theme this year at school is together, which I think is mm-hmm. really profound because together means lots of different things. Lately, um, for us at BFG, ours is financial planning for all, and we are looking at actively looking at ways to create resources for folks that are free or very low cost. In addition to, to having services for folks who want financial planning or wealth management or all the, the higher end types of things as well. But one of the things we don't do is financial coaching. And we have worked with coaches before. We have sent folks to coaches who these are folks who don't necessarily need or want a financial advisor, but do want some accountability and some coaching. So tell us a little more about Her Money's program. When does that launch? It, it is launching. We're, we're in beta now. Um, with a class, and we should be up and running in the next month or so. It's called Finance Fix, and it's a it's a group program with some one-on-one time with a coach as well. So one of the things that we learned um, because of the popularity of our Her Money Facebook group is that women want to talk to other women about this. People want to talk to other people about what they're going through. And so it's an eight-week program that combines video learning, exercises, tracking your spending, accountability um, with one-on-one time with your coach to help people move from a place where their financial life and in particular their spending feels chaotic to a place of control. Gene, you're not just uh, an influencer, you're an innovator. I love that. And I, I wish you Thanks. incredible success. We're at the part in our show where I need an extra credit assignment from you, that one thing, that one takeaway. And we might have just nailed it. It might be your eight-week program. But what would the one thing be that, that essentially any listener could, uh, could do, what step to take, whether it's the HSA or the, or the coaching or some course, that would make this half an hour have a call to action from you? What would that be? I would go back to the HSA and and take a look. If you have one of these accounts and you haven't put your contributions on automatic pilot, let's do that. Let's start flowing some money through the account. We we talked about the fact that you can get 25% off on anything that you buy through that account. Um, and you can also invest the money for your future. So let's pay a little bit of attention to that. Go to lovemyhsa.com and sign up to be with us on October 15th. 
Gene, thank you. I hope our guests will go to lovemyhsa.com and also hermoney.com and check out some of the incredible resources and the writing and the publishing and the, the things that you've put together. You've been a great guest. I hope we can do this again next season. And I hope we're I all hope so too. I hope we're all back in the office in some in some way at the time at the time if we can be. That would be fantastic. Thank you so much. My pleasure. And for all of our listeners, please subscribe to our podcast, post comments and reviews. Don't Retire Graduate is now a book available in print, Kindle, and audio formats. For more information or order your copy, go to brotmanmedia.com slash books or search for Eric Brotman on amazon.com. To learn more about BFG Financial Advisors, visit us on social media or at bfgfa.com. We'll be back next week with another installment of Office Hours and in two weeks with another engaging guest. For now, this is your host, Eric Brotman, reminding you, don't retire, graduate. From this day forward, let us begin visualizing our dreams and building our futures. Today, I implore you, don't retire, graduate. Visit our website at don'tretiregraduate.com to subscribe. And please like us and post comments on social media. Securities offered through Kestra Investment Services, LLC. Kestra IS, member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Kestra Advisory Services, LLC. Kestra AS, an affiliate of Kestra IS. Kestra IS or Kestra AS are not affiliated with Brotman Financial or any other entity discussed. Welcome change agents to your go-to place for stories that ignite your spirit, fuel your purpose, and connect us all. We believe in the incredible power of the human spirit, its boundless resilience, and the inspiration it brings to our lives. On the Driving Change podcast, we'll journey together through the extraordinary, yet very relatable experiences of some of the most amazing people on earth. Our mission, that through these stories, we might just spark change within you and awaken a newfound motivation to harness your unique gifts to make a real difference in the world. So get ready to be inspired and join us on this incredible adventure. You can find the Driving Change Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you love listening to your favorite podcasts.